Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Linux and Ham Shack. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I would like to welcome you to our show. The, the explosive pyrotechnic, electronic, you know something. We are the worst computer users on the planet, Russ and I. However, we do still have the top-rated amateur radio and Linux podcast. Speaking of Russ, let me introduce Russ, K5TUX. Say hello to everybody, Russ. Hello to everybody. This is Russ, K5TUX. Hello to you, Richard. Sorry we got such a late start on this one, but of course I was screwing around. I'm done screwing around, so... Anyway, welcome to episode number 69 from Between the Peaks in the Pine Forest of North Central Arkansas. Uh, and from, I guess you don't have the card table anymore. You got a desk or something down there. I have a, I have a desk. I know it's a desk because it's covered with clutter. All right. Excellent. So I think we're just about ready to get this episode underway. That's right. And we are recording tonight from the desktop behind the television, behind the, what the heck is that? Behind the monitor, yes, from the fabulous Thorn Hilton in lovely Heartland, Texas. Heartland, Texas. Y'all stop by the Thorn Hilton. Check out Mama Thorn Hill's uh, own personal classic recipes in the Thorn Hilton Diner. Uh, tonight serving Mama's homemade chicken and dumplings. And we will be partaking of some of that as soon as we finish this program. So we'd like to welcome everybody in the chat room tonight. Uh, we already welcomed them, but we have to like do it on the show. So it sounds like we're just like getting started. And, uh, we'd like to say hello to everybody, each and everybody. And, and most especially Ted, cause he's working on something new to help y'all find call signs and stuff. And we'll tell y'all about it when he gets it fixed. So, uh, I really don't have any announcements that would be crucial. Crucial. I don't no, really have. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, no, the only thing on my calendar over here on the desk is the White Rock Marathon on December the 4th. Oh, no, that's the Texas Baptist men get together. Anyway, so uh, what, what might you be having? Well, I don't really have a whole lot. I would like to mention, though, that I have updated the BlackSparrowMedia.net website so that it is actually now an aggregate of all of the shows that are on there uh, or are a part of the Black Sparrow Media Network which currently includes Linux in the Hamshack, the QSK Netcast, and Resonant Frequency, and or Richard's Radio Adventures. Whatever Richard might decide to do when he gets the time. That's right. If you go over there, you'll see a syndicated feed of all of the news articles related to all of those in the date order in which they're released, and there is an aggregate feed as well. So if you subscribe to that feed, you will actually get in your podcatcher, all of those three programs in a single feed. So you only have to have one feed, the blacksparrowmedia.net feed, uh, to get LHS, QSK, and RF, or RRA, as it is now known. So I uh, just thought I would let everybody know about that. You see, Russ has been working on stuff, fixing stuff up for y'all. Now I'm starting to feel bad about telling him his stuff is busted. <laughs> That is actually mildly broken because I'm going to have to fix the site so that when a program is syndicated, it actually tells you in the feed what show it is. Because right now, like yours say, you know, Richard's Radio Adventures or whatever, but Linux in the Hamshack just says, you know, an episode number. So I'm going to, I'm going to fix that. Uh, but I think uh, since there's only three shows in the network so far, most people should be able to figure it out. So everybody run out and start an amateur radio program. We'll, we'll stick it on there. And that way we won't have to work so hard and we don't charge much. Yeah. We don't charge much at all. So if you, if you know anybody who might want to be uh, part of the black sparrow media network, you know, let us know. I think, uh, I think we should talk to Jerry. We just did. We just, Jerry, you heard me. No, I'm not sure he listens to this one. I know he listened to the other one. I'll mention it to him. I mentioned it to Jerry. I might even mention it to Colin. Yes, Colin, you, could, you could do that. That would be a cool program to have as part of our network. OSWR. I think Colin got his own thing going, though. Anyway, I digress. All right. So uh, let's get moving here, kids. We we, uh, we actually have some stuff tonight. Probably more stuff we can get at in one sitting. But we're going to see what we can do. 
I got a, an email this afternoon, this afternoon, the day of taping this afternoon. And I thought it would at least, uh, help y'all out a little bit. If I responded via the podcast, even though I will respond to Bruce directly also. So let me go ahead and read. Wait a minute. I'm going to do the other bit. You read it. Oh, I'm going to read it. Yeah. Okay. What am I reading? Oh, I'm, I'm going to read the thing that you posted, aren't I? Indeed, the pad. Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad you put it there because I don't know if I could find it. Well, actually, oh. it only went to you, didn't it? Yes. Uh-huh. Wow. An email that only went to you. Excellent. That's right. They sent it to hatemail at com. <laughs> hatemail at badgersrus.com. There you go. Uh, now I'm going to have to register that. Uh, anyway... Uh-huh. Uh, this is an email from Bruce, Victor Echo 2, Golf Zulu, India. And uh, he sent it just to Richard, and I'm not upset about that at all. And he says, hi, Richard. Love the show, and I look forward to hearing you guys when the podcasts come out. You have converted me. I recently got a secondhand Toshiba Satellite A200 and replaced the hard drive with a 500 gigabyte, which I promptly partitioned into, sorry, Windows 7, got to wean me slowly, and Linux Mint. That's because of you guys. See, there you go, Clem. We're doing good work for you. Send money. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening. I have installed the DV dongle drivers and app, and it works great under Mint. Now I have tried installing DRATS and just can't seem to get it to download as per the... I'm going to guess that's instructions is the missing word. Oh, I see. It's He messed up. Anyway. I've tried to install DRATS as per the instructions on the DRATS website, and the, the website there will be in the show notes. Using the command deb http colon stroke stroke d-rats.com stroke apt karmic. Um, that is actually the line that he put into um, his sources.list for uh, dpackage updates. And he gets errors. I'm assuming that the repository no longer exists. Now I see why you have such trouble with these, Richard. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I know this is in English, but uh, I'm not sure what was happening here. He must be, must have been drunk or something. I anyway. normally, I used to try and read them first a couple of times so I could get them down kind of smooth, but then I got lazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's probably more fun if, we, if we're not smooth about it anyway. Okay, could you give me any pointers? Is there a command line way of doing it? Anyway, in the spirit of Linux and ham radio, I will continue to hack away till I get somewhere. Thanks again, and I love the show. Kindest regards, Bruce, Victor, Echo 2, Golf Zulu, India. And now, Richard is going to respond to this well-crafted email. Yeah, well, I'm going to get Russ to come back in here in a little bit, but okay. I, did, I actually did some research on this, people. Oh, no. I went and I haven't used DRATS in quite a few months, and Dan is pretty good about uh, staying on top of improving things and fixing bugs and all this other stuff. So uh, I'm ashamed to say I don't have a copy on one of my machines right now. But I went over, and, and I, since Dan puts it in a package repository for Ubuntu, Debian, Fedora, and then everything, and then the only other way to get it's by way of get, grabbing the source code, which is not difficult, people. I went over first and attempted to download and install it the way he was attempting to download it and install it. Now, I was using uh, Ubuntu 10.10 because I'm still mad at Ubuntu and still looking for a new thing. But um, using Ubuntu instead of Linux Mint, I went over there, went ahead and put the line in. And because of the way I initially read the message, after Word app in the line that you put in the uh, software sources area thing, the only thing that was highlighted was the first part of it, the last two words of it. And even when Russ was reading it, don't exactly stand out like they're supposed to go in there. And I saw this over on the website also. It's not that they're not there and not that they're difficult to see, but if you're not really looking at it, you tend to leave a word off, which is release. 
the whole line is supposed to end with uh, at karmic release. That's the way he's got it set up. So after doing it the other way and it not working, I uh, went ahead and added them with the word release on the end, and it went ahead and took them. Now, it complains a little bit. I'm not sure why when it checks the uh, repo, but it does. Anyway, I went ahead and changed my distribution name from Karmic to Maverick, added the word release, fired it up, searched for uh, DRATs in the uh, in Synaptic, which may be another issue. I didn't address that in our show notes, but if you're using the software center thing that Ubuntu use, I never use that. I've been using Synaptic since I come over to Debian. I've never really had a lot of problems with it. Anyway, so I went and searched for it. There it was. I clicked on it. It downloaded it. It uh, grabbed what dependencies it needed and put it on the machine. So I went over there and fired it up, put my call sign in, and I don't have a radio hooked up where I could test it. But while I had it up looking at it, since it's automatically set up from the get-go to go straight to the uh, one of the reflectors, while I was sitting there fussing with it, messages started coming through the reflector, people talking back and forth to each other. So I know at least the uh, Internet side of it was working just fine. After I did that, I also went and downloaded the tarball file, the uh, one that's marked source code on the website. And got it, opened it up with the archive manager, put it put it over in a just a random directory on my desktop, clicked on the file, and off it went. Okay. Now, another problem you may be having, Bruce, and others out there may be having, is DRATS, which I guess we probably need to talk about that a second for those of you who don't know. DRATS is a, uh, a terminal program for D-Star radios. And it'll allow you to run uh, low-speed data on everything that's not an ID1. And on the ID1, I believe you can run high-speed data using DRATS also. One of the things is it's written in Python. It's all written in Python. Sometimes, and I've run into this in the past, I haven't run into it in quite a while, but in the past, the distributions I was using, sometimes they wouldn't have the most current version of Python. Now, Dan, once again, I tell you all, he's on top of this. He's always working on it, trying to improve it, make it better. And he's really good about when a new version of Python comes out, upgrading to that version. So you may want to go check and see if you have the most current version. And uh, if not, get that installed. That may help help the issue also. I would think that Linux Mint would would have it, but you never can tell. Now, your mileage may vary because, like I said before, I was using Ubuntu for the purposes of testing this, and there may be another issue in Linux Mint that I'm not aware of. So take your time. Try and work through the problem. There is a mailing list over at uh, DRATS but it eludes me at the moment. I used to be on it until my email address changed or I got rid of a lot. I got to not having my other email address anymore. I hope that helps, Bruce. Any of you, anybody else that's having a problem with it, uh, I hope that might help out. If you really need to contact me on it, I can give you what information that I have from running it in the past, but I've done a lot of stuff since then. I will be getting DRATS back up and running here at the very least as an internet server so that, um, well, so that everybody can use it. Now that I said all that, now I'm going to put Russ on the spot. Russ, if you wanted to add those, uh, add those uh, sources to the software source list, and you were going to do it from the command line. How would we go about doing that? Well, it depends on your distribution, of course, because some distributions like Ubuntu understand PPAs and some don't. But let's assume for the moment that you're going to use Debian or Linux Mint Debian, which doesn't know what a PPA is. Um, What you would do is you would take that deb line that you had, which was, what was it? Let me, let me go back to the Etherpad here real quick. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Deb, HTTP colon, stroke, stroke, d-rats.com, stroke, apt, space, karmic, space, release. So what you would do is you can you can do it one of two ways. You uh, go into the directory in your in a terminal, stroke, etsy, stroke, apt, apt, and in there you'll find a file called sources.list. And you can put that line just like it is in that file. Or there's a directory in slash etsy slash apt called sources.list.d. And you can go into that directory slash etsy slash apt slash sources.list.d and create a file in there and call it, say, d-rats.list. And it has to end in dot .list or this won't work. And then in that file, you put that line, the deb space http colon stroke stroke d-rats.com stroke apt space karmic space release. And either putting it in sources.list or in a file called something.list in sources.list.d will include that repository in your list of repos. So the next time you do an app-get update or whatever, uh, it will load the available package for, uh, packages from there. And then you can do an app dash get install d dash rats and it will install for you. Now, one thing I will point out is that I found email on the web from a Steve Conklin AI 4QR uh, back in April where he says that his packaging of the d dash rats application has been accepted into Debian testing and Debian unstable. So if you're running Debian or Linux Mint Debian, you do not need to do the custom repository. It's already in Debian and Linux Mint Debian. So if you just do an app-get install DRATS, you'll get it. The only thing you really need the special line for is if you're using Ubuntu. Um, there's also, according to this email, a PPA, which you can also use in Ubuntu, um, and it's at Launchpad, and the PPA address is https colon stroke stroke launchpad.net stroke tilde s conklin stroke plus archive stroke ham packages, all lowercase. So if you have like Ubuntu and you go to the, I don't know what it's called exactly, but where you configure your repos, uh, you can add a PPA using that URL, and that will do the same thing, basically. I uh, hope that answers the question. Did I answer the question? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Good. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, something I forgot to mention, uh, Dan. <laughs> oh, and by the way, that, that uh, launchpad.net PPA that I gave you from S. Conklin, AI4QR, says it works with Lucid, Maverick, and Natty. So I don't know, this is back in April, so I don't know if it's been updated for Oniric or not, uh, but I assume it probably has. So One Rick, one Rick. Yeah, whatever. One Rick, one Rick, once a lot. One Rick, one Rick. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm up to no good over here, y'all. I'm, I'm just telling you. No, actually, what I do need to tell you is I seem to remember that guy being the, the guy that does maintain the... Uh, Ubuntu packages, but also, uh, where Dan is concerned, when you go over to Dan's sites, <laughs> they're not overly heavy on documentation. Now that's because Dan's a programmer and he got his hands full. And, uh, if y'all want to go over and help him out, those of y'all that are using D rats, those of you who are thinking about using D rats, I'm sure he can use your help over there trying to get the documentation up to speed on D rats. Uh, I'm sure he knows what all the functions are or he wouldn't be able to fix stuff when it breaks, but y'all go on over and check it out. It's uh but gee, I would hope he knows how to fix stuff since he wrote it. Yeah, there you go. He'd been working on this a long time. I caught up in version one with him and it was like, uh, oh man, it has come a long, long way. Yes, you did. All right, so there you have it, the shortest, the shortest, shortest segment of LHS, our Linux in the Ham Shack, ever. 
the shortest segment. So let's play some music. and welcome back to the ripping round two round two of Lennox in the ham shack. I almost said resonant frequency and Russ would have slapped me on the hand had I done that. But Lennox in the ham shack, the, the show that asked the question, what the hell are these guys talking about? Here's a little side note. Your choices in D star, you have actually a repeater. If you want to spend that kind of money, you have several mobile rigs, uh, including the 2200H, the IC800, ID800, uh, the 880. Those and might handheld, be, uh, you have the 92AD or whatever. 
the 91 and the 92 and the V, I think the V82 can take a digital card. But then you've got the DV dongle, which plugs directly into your computer and you kind of use it like Echo Link uh-huh. or I, that kind of stuff. And then you've got DVAP, which is a wireless access point Woo. that you that you plug into your laptop. I want one of those. Yeah. You got to have a D-Star radio to talk to it, though. Oh, crap. Yeah. You'd like an ID. You'd like an ID one, I'm sure. Got a 128K uh, uh, digital frequency that goes alongside the uh, voice radio. Well, yeah. there's no way I could buy an ID one right now. So. Yeah, me neither. I'm getting there, though. I'm getting there. Okay, so y'all ready for ripping round two? Ripping round two. Well, here we go. Russ is going to try and stay off in the background again. Yes, I am. Got that antifreeze happening up there in the booby mountains. Booby mountains. <laughs> booby mountains. Uh, sound like a country song. Anyway, so I, I got to thinking today, since I'd already been messing with this, and it was already the uh, the actual topic for our show, at least in my mind for this evening, uh, I'd go ahead and add this in so we can get it on out of the way for all the folks that might be interested. This segment's going to concern a program called Chirp. Now, Chirp is also written by the same guy that writes D-Rats. Chirp, on the other hand, though, he's trying to accomplish a um, a multi kind of radio programming thing. He wants to be able to program a lot of radios with this one program. And I'll tell you right now, it. Uh, oh man. <laughs> anyway, um, you can find Chirp over at chirp.damnplanet.com, which is also the easiest way to find D Rats. It's over at Dan Planet also. Why Dan Planet? I really don't know, but it's I'm Dan's sure, planet. I'm sure he has a plan. So in the wiki, it says Chirp is a free cross-platform, cross-radio programming tool. It works on Windows, Linux, and Mac OS with OS X with a little work. It supports a growing list of radios across several manufacturers and allows transferring of memory contents between them. Between them. This could come in handy if they ever get a Vertex VX150 on the list. I decided to go ahead and download this thing, take a look at it. I kind of pushed it back to the... Uh, the back shelf of the radio thing uh, until I was reading something the other day where it got brought up. I went over and took another look at it. I, it really didn't impress me the first time I did. Right now, looking at the list over there, it currently supports 41 different makes and models of radio. Well, and I have one of them too. Which one? <clears throat> I have the uh, Yaesu FT7900R. Well, there you go. He's boasting again, y'all. Oh, I also have the IC2100H. Wow. Two radios. If you had a 2200, we'd have you on D-Star. Well, I bought the 2100 a long time ago before there was D-Star. I would imagine you did. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, like Russ was saying, it, you know, some of the radios, Alenco, Yezu, Kenwood, Icom, you know, it it covers the big four. It covers a bunch of other ones too. Even those little cheap Japanese, uh, Little cheap Japanese and Chinese, Chinese. Uh, dual band radios that have been uh, such a big hit here lately. Wuxin. Uh, yeah. Wuxin. 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 Wuxin sticks. Some. Waka, waka, waka. Holy sh- I better get on with it because he's really filling up on antifreeze tonight. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm trying to get yeah. a couple of words in here. And there's a there's a list over on the on the website y'all can go check out. Uh, I went ahead and tested the program again yesterday with uh, my C91, my C2200H. I didn't get a chance to drag the 800 in from the truck, but I think comparing the two because they are different types of radios that. He's going, he's working with everything you can get. Now, for those of y'all who have programmed radios with uh, programming software, you know that some radios, it's like clone mode. So you download the information from the radio, 
make adjustments to it, and then upload it back to the radio. Cloning mode is real handy, especially when you got two radios that are the same. You can like plug them in direct to each other and that kind of stuff. So the 2200 is like that. Now, the handheld is live mode. When you plug into it, you're looking straight at the memory in the radio. Whatever's in that spreadsheet is what's in the radio. And as you make your changes, you don't even have to save it or anything. It just automatically it changes it in the radio. So this interface is pretty bare bones, at least on these two radios, because I did notice that it changed a little bit from radio to radio. But for the most part, it's a pretty straightforward uh, spreadsheet-based piece of programming software. Okay. Um, if you've ever used, well, even my FT897, the software for it is a basic spreadsheet kind of thing. It's got different places you can go to uh, change settings and stuff. But as far as the memory channels and stuff like that, it's just a basic spreadsheet. And even that VX150 I was talking about earlier, the software for it is basically a spreadsheet. So they're pretty easy to work with. All that was for those of you who have never used the program software. And I advise against getting too addicted to it because I've forgotten how to work some functions on some of my radios. Not only a bad computer user, I'm a bad radio operator. Anyway, so uh, on my radios, I get primarily the, the memory entry stuff. On those two radios, it also did allow me into an area where I could change call signs and stuff like that, which is not important on regular analog radio, but on D-Star radios, call signs are part of the address. It's part of uh, your location when you key up over the network. So um, right now, when I was looking, there are packages for Fedora and Ubuntu. There's also a source package, which is also written in Python because Dan started the whole mess with DRATs trying to teach yourself Python. The source packages are in Python. Please go back to the warning given earlier. If you don't have the newest Python package on your machine, get it on there. He also has it in a self-extracting exe file for Windows. I guess I will probably fire up the Vista side of my Ubuntu laptop because that's what I've been using to program radios anyway and check out the Windows version and see about getting back to y'all on that. Also, there is an app package for Mac OS, but there's a runtime package that you have to go over to the Chirp website and get and install. And he also has daily builds of this program available. Now, last night, yesterday, when I was fooling around with it, playing with it, I went in, changed some stuff, moved some stuff around. I mean, it's not, in comparison to the programming software, say, for my 91, that one you can grab grab a frequency or a channel and move it up and down. You can insert and delete a channel, channels. You can move things around. It's really easy moving stuff around. This is where this program is kind of light. And in the case of that uh, that handheld I've got, it has 850 channels just on the A band. Okay, it's a dual bander. And uh, you have the A band and the B band. There's 850 channels just on the A band. I think when I was looking at, in fact, I may still have it open. Yes, I do. Uh, the instruction manual for the 91, there's 850 memory channels on, in the A band and 450 channels in the B band. So that's a lot of stuff. Plus, there's uh, 25 pairs for storing scan ranges, setting band edge scans and that kind of stuff and everything. Uh, there's a lot of memory in this one radio. This program could see every bit of it, would let me work in every one of those channels if I needed to. And when I was finished, I couldn't tell that I had not used the other software. But it's still in the early development stages. We'll just have to see how it comes along. So do you have any questions on that, Russ? 
No, I don't have any questions. Although, interestingly, the only rig of this type that I could use this with that I have handy is a TMG 707A, which uh-huh. is not supported. Although, I'm looking at his thing about, you know, you can help by developing and stuff like that. And since I'm sort of learning Python myself right now, I think I may try and reverse engineer and uh, update this application for the G707. Well, there you go. That's also uh, something else about these two programs we've talked about tonight. I believe, um, I know it. You, they uh, used to be GPL. I'm pretty sure they still are. So if you are able to fix, correct, modify, make something new, send it back to Dan so the rest of us can use it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because on the webpage there, it says it's a free cross-platform, cross-radio programming tool, but I don't see a license listed here. Well, there's some licensing information further in on the website. It may not be on this website, the Chirp website. I know it is on on the uh, DRATS website. Well, you'd think he'd, he'd want to let people know what, you know, license he's distributing his software under i suppose if you download it it probably says somewhere in the in the distribution what's or uh, what license he's got it under here i'm trying to find it in his repo just just ignore me go ahead go ahead and do whatever you gotta do well no actually you got me looking at the website now (laughs) (laughs) we're all sitting here everybody's bored to tears while we try to figure out if this thing's gpl or not we've been doing our best to bore them ever since we got here but yeah, I, I mean, I've got radios over here. I'd love to use this with. I mean, the uh, programming software for that VX150 is really finicky as far as uh, serial port or uh, USB ports are concerned. It does not like USB ports. However, I do have a machine over here that I had set up for my HF rig and everything. This has not one but two serial cards stuck in it so i have a total of five serial ports on this machine and it'd be nice to be able to hook that programming cable up and just leave it uh it's gpl v3 okay found it did you i did yep where was it uh it's in uh, the copying file under tools if you go in there and look at the changes it's basically got a copy of the gpl v3 yeah so it looks like uh, he releases under GPL V3. Well, there you go. So, uh, anything, if you guys are programming, throw a VX150 at somebody. But if, uh, if y'all are able to use this and, uh, make changes to it and stuff like that, make sure you turn them back in so the rest of the community can use them. There's also some, uh, lists, mailing lists that I didn't get into the notes because I got interrupted before I got finished. But there is a Chirp mailing list with the latest discussions and news about Chirp, which yeah. I guess we will take and stick in the show notes right this minute. It's on the it's on the website. You can go to uh, intrepid.danplanet.com stroke mailman stroke list info. And that will show all the available um, mailing lists there, and the and the chirp one is listed. Chirp Devel for developers and chirp users for for users, and there's one there for DRATs too. Yeah, I was on the DRATs one, like I said earlier, until my address, my email address changed, and I need to get back get back on there so I can see what's going on with it. All right, so I guess we've talked about this one. You have just been introduced to the second shortest. <laughs> well, wait, I'm going to drag it out a little bit further. What's, oh. the, what's the cheapest DRATS compatible radio you're aware of? DRATS compatible? Well, not a- DRATS, but D-Star. Sorry, D-Star. Well, it's like I was telling these guys while you were off getting you, getting you antifreeze a while ago. Um, I bought this IC-22. Well, no, I won this IC-2200 in a raffle. Well, we're not talking about freebies. I mean, if you had to go out and buy one, what's the cheapest one you know of? Well, one of uh, that's just about one of the cheapest, and it's like 189 bucks, and then you have to put the digital card in that one, which brings it up to a total of almost three, no, almost four. And that's for a handy talkie, right? 
No, that's for this uh, 2200, which is a 65-watt mobile rig. Oh, okay. Uh, that's for a 2200. Handy talkies, they had, I think it was V82, which could be fitted with a card also, and those were selling for about 100 bucks somewhere in that neighborhood, and then you had to add the digital card for 200 bucks. The low end on D-Star is going to be in there, but there's a lot of used equipment starting to free up because they introduced a new handy talkie and a new dual bander a year or two back. So the older 91s and the 800s, which are the 800s also, it's a dual band mobile. The price, the used price on these are pretty easy to get along with, less than a new, uh, just regular old dual bander. Yeah, I know. I went to AES Ham and looked at um, the the twenty two hundred H that you got there, uh-huh. and I was like, "Ooh, that's only one hundred and sixty nine dollars." Woohoo! Well, you, that's uh, you know you have to buy the UT one one eight to make it T Star, right? But even so, that's only two hundred and twenty bucks. So you got a grand total of well, with shipping from AES, you got a grand total of three hundred ninety nine dollars ninety six cents for a. Uh, 65-watt D-Star compatible radio, which is not too shabby. I mean, I, I thought they were a lot more than that, so that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, the hand, that handheld I've got, when I bought it new, was pretty pricey. It was up close to $500. The dual bander, the 800, was a little bit more than that. And an ID one, even though it's still around eight hundred dollars, they were over twelve hundred dollars when they first introduced them. Yeah, the only thing that sucks about D Star is D Star, the fact that it's an ICOM proprietary technology. Well, this is true, but I understand that uh it may be freeing itself up in a year or two. I'm not sure how that's gonna work. I have to check into it more. But we have other things on the horizon. If these guys with, uh, what was it, Kodak 2 are able to uh, get their thing worked out, their plans are to be able to design a board that uh, Kodak 2 and D-Star live side-by-side side on the same board. And if that's the case, there ought to be a lot of those repeaters going up, which means these radios that are already built to be able to take the hardware to do the D-Star will be able to do the Kodak 2 if you replace the card in them. Right. And it ain't much of a card. This year don't look like $200 there, but, you know. Well, I don't know. You get that IC on a little board, and, of course, it's a proprietary technology, and no one else can sell it right now, so I guess they can charge whatever they want. Well, you know, they did the same thing with Pactor 2 and 3, so... That's the problem I had with that that thing because to get a modem that'll run Pactor two or Pactor three, uh, you're looking at almost a thousand dollars, and it only runs one mode. Yep, so, sounds sounds like a ripoff to me. So I'm a cheapskate, and I try not to do things. I just got real lucky at one time and had the had cash to do this. I I got the card in. Actually, I got the card for Christmas one year. <laughs> <laughs> now that I now that I think about it, well, I see how you get all your equipment. You get it all for free because you win it. No, that in fact, that's the first radio I ever won in my life. And I will tell y'all a story before we go to break. We were down at the uh, Irvingham Fest one year, and the guy who's uh, a friend of mine uh, who uh, is now currently the president of the club I used to belong to. Uh, he, his wife and his son were right in front of me in line going in the door at this ham fest. And he and I were standing next to each other, talking to each other as we were going through the line. And we got our one raffle ticket and we filled them out and tossed them in the bin. And he went his way and I went my way. And I'll be doggone if the three of them didn't win the three radios that were up for the raffle in that ham fest. And I missed it by one number. Bummer. So no, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that if I drop a piece of buttered bread, it lands butter down. <laughs> Occasionally, I get lucky. I win a radio at a raffle, which I think I don't know how. Uh, it was probably because I bought the last fifty dollars worth of tickets to get the doggone raffle over before I left office at the club. Occasionally, I hit it bingo, even though I hadn't been to bingo in a long, long time. But 
do. I'm the unluckiest guy on the planet. So with that, um, I think Russ is going to make me feel better by playing some music. So uh, we're back, folks. <laughs> a little distracted, but we're back. Now we got we got this uh, uh, email, I think. Well, it's actually a comment on the website, but we do have some feedback. A comment, and does it have any bad words in it? It does not. Does it have any spam links in it? It does not. Well, then let her rip, bad boy. Well, before we do that, I want to mention something that we were talking about before the show, and that was the thing about the repos and figuring out which uh, repo a piece of software came from. Oh, I forgot. Oh, no, that's okay. I just think that people might be interested in this because I sure didn't know about it, and I've been using Debian since 1994, and I didn't know you could do this. So anyway, I've got this problem, or I had this problem before the show started, where I have two identical computers well they're not identical computers but they're running identical versions of linux mint debian edition i looked at the sources.list file for both machines because i was trying to install a particular version of pulse audio on both machines the sources.list file were exactly the same i mean letter for letter exactly identical and yet on one machine 
the version of Pulse Audio was 0.93, and on the other machine, it was 0.99. I couldn't figure out what was going on, and it's causing a bunch of problems on, on one machine, the one with the earlier version. And it turns out that the reason is because one of them is a 32-bit machine and the other one is a 64-bit machine. Now, they're actually both 64-bit machines, but one of them is running a 32-bit version of LMDE, and the other one is running a 64-bit version of LMDE. So it came about that I wanted to find out which repository the Pulse Audio packages were coming from, which specific repositories, because... You know, if if it was one that was different than the other one, I wanted to be able to update it so I could get the newer version of the package I needed. And I didn't know how to do that. And considering I've been using Debian for 17 years now, I'm uh, sort of half ashamed to admit that I didn't know how to do that. But it turns out there's an easy way. There is a command called apt-cache. And uh, if you type apt-cache, C-A-C-H-E, and then space policy, and then space the name of a package, and in the case, in my case, it was libpulse0. If you do that, then the output that it spits out at you is basically the line in your sources.list telling you exactly which repository in all of your sources.list file, or files, that was the one that hit when you downloaded that particular package. So you know that if it's different from another version that you have or or whatever, or if you have com- conflicting PPAs or something like that in your distribution, you know exactly which one triggered when you did the apt-desk get install so that uh, you know exactly where that package came from. And I think that might be handy for some people, uh, including myself, who may not know that that actually exists. And I want to thank Bill for uh, his nimble Google fingers uh, for actually finding out that little bit uh, of information because it was pretty helpful for me in figuring out my problem. I still don't have it fixed, but at least I know what the problem is. So uh, I guess that's that. Make sense? Yes. What he said. Oh, you're you're just going to, you know, make me squirm. No, I'm not going to make you squirm. You did very well. In elucidating. Okay, so so like if 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 you had no idea what I was talking about, you'd actually understand what I just said. Yes. Okay. Excellent. So what did I just say? Uh, you said that you was busy messing with computers when you should have been watching the Speckled Gale <laughs> on Babylon Five back yeah, in the nineties. Exactly. I knew you had no idea what I was talking about. So we're it's we're all, par for the oh, course. Then. <laughs> so do you have anything over on that side for feedback? Any emails, comments on the website, anything like that? No, not really. We did my we did my feedback. <laughs> I talked about it a whole first segment. All right, excellent. I, I got think. another one here that I got off of Twitter, but I was telling y'all about that in a break, and I don't think I should talk about it on there on the show. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> if if it's amusing you, I don't think we should talk about it. Oh, it yeah yeah at all. Okay, well, over on the website, we did get a comment, uh, and this comment came from Dan. This is a, I don't know, if, is this the same, What what's the call sign for Dan that does D-Rats? Do you know? Uh, KK7-some. Okay, well, this is not the same Dan then. But anyway, this comes from Dan, and his uh, call sign is Kilo 4 Fox Delta. That seems vaguely familiar for some reason. I'm not sure why. Do you, do you recognize that call sign? Not offhand. Doesn't you know? I don't recognize it offhand either. I wonder if he's like in the Century Club or something, and I've just heard it before. But anyway, K4FD Dan says, "Just wanted to thank you both for doing the Linux in the Ham Shack podcast. It has helped me to get back into the ham radio hobby after I was off the air for ten years. This year, 2011, I have been very active again all year." I know it takes a lot of time and effort to do the podcast, and I know that they don't get produced by themselves. I also want to say thank you to guys. No, I also want to say that you two guys are perfect for the job. 
Many thanks, Dan. Kilo 4 Fox Delta. So uh, that's a very nice comment, Dan. We really appreciate that. I have to say, I'm, uh, I think I'm glowing slightly. Yes. Th- oh, you better wipe that off. <laughs> Actually, thank you, Dan. Uh, it, it's really, really hard to do a show like this because you have to have to cover up the fact that any, any, uh, loud mouth. Richard. With a lack of communication skills, uh, and a microphone can Richard. do this. Yes. So you have to cover up that fact, and the fact that we do get it covered up so that nobody knows that we must be doing something right. Thank you so much. Every dollar that goes into the show comes out of the show. No, well, he, wait a he minute. Didn't, yeah, you, you jumped the gun there a bit. Who did? You did. About what? He, he just he made a comment. He didn't donate. Quit downloading our show. <laughs> Reloader. No, actually, Dan, th- thank you for the kind words. We, like I said, uh, it, any loud mouth with a microphone can do a podcast. And the fact that uh, we are apparently doing something right and covering up that fact, I do appreciate that uh, you've noticed. So what we got next? Well, honestly, I think we're going to be wrapping the show up uh, a little bit, I would say early, but I think we're about two hours late at this point. Anyway, uh, we did get one donation, uh, this past month and I want to thank, uh, let's see, it's Jim G Jim G for his donation to Linux in the ham shack. And as Richard was saying before, all of the money goes back into Linux in the ham shack to make it better to provide our hosting fees or whatever other expenses we incur in putting out the show. And I know that a lot of people who do like Linux related podcasts say, Oh, well, it doesn't cost me anything. It's free, you know? Well, the thing of it is, when you when you have a fairly significant download overhead and you have to find a place like GoDaddy or someplace that will actually allow you to download, you know, pretty much unlimited amounts of data so you can provide the show, then that doesn't actually come free. So I want to thank everybody who understands that and who's willing to make a donation to the program like Jim G. And all of you guys who have made a donation are up on the website. Uh, under the sponsors link so thanks so much for your donation like i said it all goes back into the show and we really really appreciate it so i'm, I'm sure richard has something to follow up so I'll, I'll let him talk i was saying it all while ago and you told me i was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong words well you usually oh. are so i figured i was right either way actually to tell you the truth yes every penny goes back into the show yeah we uh okay we're using software that is free of charge to record and talk to each other and talk to people in the chat room and all that stuff. But there's a substantial investment in equipment, server space, all that good stuff. And shoot, you can't, uh, let me tell you, you can't, you can't buy a candy bar for a dollar anymore and not much of one. And you can't get a soda even though the prices are coming back down. So we do appreciate each and every dollar that gets donated to the show because it helps us cover co- cover some of that horribly horrendous overhead. So thank you very much. Yeah, and I would like to say that uh, that's a good point that you made, that even though the software that we use is free, both as in speech and as in beer, the hardware, uh, not so much yet. There, There's no... Orp- there's no uh, you know, people giving away hardware yet that I'm aware of. Uh, if anybody knows of a company who's given away hardware, you know, by all means forward us on that information. Cause I can certainly use it. I just personally bought a server. Now this isn't specifically something that, um, runs Linux in the ham shack, but part of the functions that we perform are actually allocated on this server. And, um, I just spent $2,000 on it. And so, but that came out of my pocket. That's not from donations. That's a, but you know, so this stuff is definitely not free. I just want everybody to understand that we're not asking money from people uh, frivolously, uh, not by any means. So for for everybody who has the opportunity to donate to our show, um, we we absolutely really really appreciate it. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Yes, I really do appreciate it because that puts us just that much closer to my vacation in the Bahamas. <laughs> well, yeah, way to go and put everybody at ease. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you I've know, got seventy seven hundred more payments on my yachts. So shut up! I, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to beat the donation thing to death. I'm just telling y'all, you know, I'm I'm I actually have a monitor over here. I have to put a candle behind so I can see what's going on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Richard's actually Amish. We just don't let everybody know that. That's right. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what we get up to when the sun goes down. Yeah, mm, buddy. <laughs> I get I get all the way down to my third shirt button. Ooh. Oh yeah. We parted <laughs> like it's sixteen ninety nine. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Uh everybody's getting punchy. Russ has uh finally quit cussing the equipment. Have you got anything else before we decide to uh, head down the road, Russ? No, I do believe I'm I'm well and truly done. There you go. There you go. Well, with that, okay, this wraps up episode 69. I would like to make sure that I tell everybody, please do something appropriate while you're listening to this episode. Something that is appropriate for episode 69. 69 is the episode number. Uh, Y'all are getting this, right? So, all right, with that, you can contact me. Oh, yeah, kb5jbv at gmail.com. Send me an email at kb5jbv at gmail.com. Or look me up on the social networks. I'm there. I'm getting tweets even while we're speaking. Uh, you can um, catch up with me over on Facebook. It's probably the best place. Go on over to Facebook and check out kb5jbv. KB5JBV or the LHS podcast page over on Facebook. It's there also. I really don't have that address available, but it did come to mind. So with that, we're going to hand it off to Russ and let him uh, tell y'all how you can uh, get in touch with him. Yes. This is Russ K5TUX. You can email me at K5TUX at LHSpodcast.info. You can email the show at info at lhspodcast.info, and we will do our best to respond to you in a very timely manner. You can leave us voicemail or a voice comment at 1-909-LHS-SHOW, 1-909-LHS-SHOW. And if you need that translated into digits, go to lhspodcast.info, and that info is there. You can find out everything about the show at lhspodcast.info, and you can even leave us a comment over there, and we'll read your comment on the air. If you leave us voicemail, we'll play it on the air, too, unless you tell us not to, in which case we won't. I'm also on all the social media networks out there, including Google+, much to my dismay, as J.R. Woodman. Um, Russ Woodman, I believe you have to look up if you want to find me over at Google+. There is even a Linux in the Hamshack page over at Google+, now as well. So as much as I hate Google, we're still using their services. Anyway, get in touch with us. Leave us comments. Leave us feedback. We want to hear from all of our listeners. And thank you to all of our listeners for sticking with us this long. And if you get a chance, tell a couple of your friends about it. We could use the self-promotion. That's basically how we get ourselves out there. Hope to see you at any live events that are coming up in the near future. If there are any, we'll certainly let you know about it. So I think that's about it for me, Russ, K5TUX broadcasting from between the peaks in the pine forest of north central arkansas and i believe i will send it down to heartland texas where richard mr kb5 jbv will say booby mountains i like saying booby mountains i'd say the other word because it's just as much fun but i can't uh rusk get mad anyway so y'all make sure next time you in heartland texas you stop by the thorn hills and go on in check out mother thorn hills homemade cafe homemade cafe uh y'all will not find it on any map because uh it's all mine so with that y'all y'all uh take care of yourself and your family and i guess we will see y'all next time